Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I'm Sam Kane, and today I have the infamous Nick Watson with me, and we're talking about The Dark Knight, a movie that we saw in theaters back in 2008 when it first came out. We actually saw it in IMAX, so we got the the full experience, big screen and everything. It was a giant screen, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, a lot of great performances in this movie. Uh, other than Christian Bale and Heath Ledger, um, uh, who, who was your favorite performance from? Well, uh, I've been a long-term, long-time fan of Gary Oldman. I think he's got a fantastic range. Um, so I think, you know, anything he does is excellent. Uh, and he's, he's British. So. In Brit, the Brits are just, like, they're way above and beyond the Americans. They're, they're just trained better. I, I feel think. like you never see Americans doing a British accent in films. No, it's always the other way around. The br- Brits can do the perfect American accent. I mean, probably the most famous one is House with Hugh Laurie doing that (laughs) American accent so well that the producer didn't know he was uh, British until after he had been cast. (laughs) That's hilarious. But yeah, Gary Oldman, he did a really nice job, I'd say. uh, He's just such a versatile actor. His his sort of temporary death during this movie, I didn't think really added anything, but uh, he just kind of shows up again and is like, hey, guys, I'm alive. Yeah, what was that all about? He just faked his own death? Yeah, but it didn't seem like it had any point to me because he wasn't on uh, the Joker's most wanted list, so. Yeah, no, it it just kind of seemed like a random plot twist almost yeah what a twist yeah where else Mm -hmm. you certainly have to suspend your disbelief in harvey dent yeah no like wouldn't he have a bad infection or something like that well i was watching one of these wired uh series uh about um they're really good. They're you know a professional from a given field. Oh, goes I've and seen goes these. and talks about movies. I've seen these with accents. Those yeah, the like accent guy's great. Yeah, um, <coughs> another one that I really like is the surgeon, um, and and she was talking about how this was like obviously very sort of overdone uh, CGI on the burns. <laughs> um, <laughs> she said any <laughs> basically any patient who had burns that severe would be there would be absolutely no way that they would be conscious. <laughs> they would be put into a medically induced coma immediately. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was a nice little scary face for the kids. Yeah. A little freaky, you know, Breaking Bad style. Whoops, spoilers, Breaking Bad. But you don't know which part. Yes. There are certain things like... Uh, yeah, a Harvey Dent turning into Two-Face. You know, he... The love of his life dies, sure, but, you know, most people don't react in that way to the death of a loved one. <laughs> they uh, spend some time mourning, you know, they cry, they eat, they sleep. They don't They don't go terrorize the city. So that, that 
Uh, I'm not sure I quite bought that. I suppose, you know, I think the intent was that all the physical pain that he was experiencing from the burns coupled with the emotional anguish uh, of losing Rachel was uh, probably what did it. And that little conversation with uh, Nurse Jokey in the... uh, in his hospital bed. <laughs> HBO really missed a spinoff opportunity there. Nurse Jokey. Nurse <laughs> Jokey. Oh, man. Well, it's actually Showtime that did Nurse Jackie. Ah, crap. Yeah. Close, though. No, yeah. I I mean, maybe they were just trying to illustrate that he was, was either hot or cold, you know. Either one way or the other. He wasn't really in the middle, just like a coin. It's only going to land on one side or the other. It's never in the middle. Just like a, a Targaryen for all of you Game of Thrones fans. I don't watch that show. Probably should. And yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, <coughs> well, I guess uh, one one thing if we're going to, you know, if we're going to nitpick at some of the plot details of... Uh, of the film, uh, certainly nobody bothering to check the ferries for explosives before loading a bunch of people onto them. Yeah, when a known crazed madman was running around the city, seems a little bit sloppy. Uh, that was a lot of explosives too. You'd think, if nothing else, someone would notice that the boat was riding quite a bit lower in the water. Uh, yeah, come on, Gotham, Gotham. Captain, harbor master, <laughs> harbor master. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah, I mean, eh. and one one thing actually that I think would have been would have been fun. This would be I- actually in the movie would have been for the, someone to consider the fact that maybe the Joker actually gave them the trigger for their own boat, which would have been kind of fun. That would have been very Joker like, and no one ever brought it up to give you a trigger to your own boat, but tell you it's the trigger for the boat, the other boat. And then watch you gleefully push it to blow up the other boat, and then your own boat blows up. Hey, he could have done that for all we know. Right, but no one brings it up. It could have been an interesting thing for one of the characters on one of the boats to start talking about. I mean, we know from prior in the movie, the Joker switches the locations on on Batman and uh, Captain Gordon, or actually newly Commissioner Gordon, uh, with uh, Rachel and Harvey Dent. Yeah which is what leads to the whole creation of Two-Face. It would be very Joker-like to pull that kind of stunt. Yeah. No, I'm surprised they didn't pull the trigger. In fact, it would have actually been even more fun. They could have, you know, they could have kept it PG-13 and happy-ish. They could have had the the prison boat. Like, they could have had one of the, you know, the prisoners sort of jump the guy, grab the trigger, and pull it, and then their boat blows up. It would have actually been kind of... Amusing. They could have had one of the boats blow up, and it would have been, you know, would have been prisoners. So the people who were watching the audience wouldn't have felt too bad. But you know, still, still, it's tragic. People were dying. the The cops that are on the boat, they died. And Those that, are innocent yeah, civilians. Yeah, nice, nice old guy who threw the trigger out the, who th- out the window. You know, he looked like he'd seen some days. <laughs> some. <laughs> yeah, that was Cassius from Little Nicky. <laughs> I feel like you could honestly just make a five-part miniseries about all this because there's a lot going on. I mean, remember the uh, the guy in Hong Kong that they visit? Batman visits Hong Kong in this movie, and you 
know, that could be like a whole episode in itself, I feel like. Well, I mean, if you're talking in series, I mean, they did do a Gotham TV show that ran for five seasons. So there's certainly this universe has a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot there, but. Well, uh, well, in terms of like how much is jam packed <coughs> into this two and a half hour movie. I remember you didn't like uh, the getaway plane. In oh, Kong. yeah. I, I think the idea that somehow they get on the plane and then they're like home free, it just cuts and they're like back in New York is a little uh, very unrealistic. I mean, you get on the plane, you're, you know, especially a significant business person of, of whatever Mr. Lau or whatever his name yeah, was, whatever Lauer. of his stature. And how, especially given how he's paid off everyone in the government, I mean, they would that plane would have been flanked by members of the Air Force. I mean, they would have, might not have shot the plane down while he was on it, but I mean, they certainly would have tried to, would have done something. They would have done it their best to prevent it from leaving their airspace, at least. Would have been a massive international incident. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Batman. Um, oh. What was your favorite uh, Joker moment in the movie? I mean, there's a lot of well, really good ones, but uh, I actually uh, one of my favorite Joker moments is actually uh, on the like the lightest moment actually, which is when he walks out of the hospital as it's exploding behind him, and then it the something malfunctions with the explosive device, and he kind of turns around, raises his arms like, "What do I got to do?" and then starts clicking on the uh, <laughs> repeatedly on the on the explosive device like my dad trying to use a computer uh, and uh and then bastard. finally it blows up <laughs> that's my favorite as well oh uh -huh. man now i can put you on the spot no i thought you were gonna say um when he's um in the interrogation room and the guards watching him and he's trying to you know make the the guard lose his mind and he's like you know i killed uh I bet I killed some of your men in the way he... Oh, well, when he just mouths six at the guy, that was yeah. certainly... That was a good moment. Although actually and then it just cuts yeah. to the next thing. Although actually talking about this scene, it did seem a little, you know, for, for the Joker being, despite all his appearances, a guy who actually does have a plan, uh, it seemed like relying on that cop to sort of come over and try to beat him up so that he could... Uh, then sort of take him hostage was a little bit of a stretch. I yeah. mean, what if you just got some guy who was like, "Nah, I'm I'm good. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let the law take care of you." Yeah, a very uh, you know even tempered guy. Yeah, that that kind of seemed a little ridiculous and a little convenient towards the plot. Yeah, I really liked the effects. I thought they they held up really well. The the truck flipping over was. It was a real truck being flipped over. Let's just say that. Well, I I do like the chase scene uh, when they're transporting Harvey Dent. Uh, that's an that's an excellent scene. That whole thing in the underground section. Uh, I mean, I always did love a good car chase. <coughs> Everything up to and including flipping that truck. Uh, filmed in Chicago. All of this was filmed in Chicago. Apparently. The residents probably didn't even know anything was happening. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I apologize to anyone listening in Chicago. Oh, I just thought this was just a normal day. Yeah, that was that was a very good sequence. I really liked the the bank robbing sequence. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, another. It's uh, 
guess he timed timed that pretty well just to have a nice school bus sized gap in the yeah, in the line of school buses. That was really convenient as well. This this bus is coming from the bank. Why? What's going on here? Yeah, you'd think you'd think that the guy <laughs> behind him would have called the police and been like, "Hey, it's the guy in front of me who did it." <laughs> <laughs> but now Gotham's just way too corrupt. They even got to the school bus drivers. It was still a great movie. I mean, God, the the pacing was much better than Batman Begins. I felt like just really, really picks up right away. It's throwing a lot of information at you. Um, I feel like it has a a great uh, rewatchability factor. Even even with Heath Ledger's crazy performance, hey, like he could be so funny in one scene, and then out of nowhere he's just terrifying. He would change his like his tone completely and freak you out. Oh my god! Imagine being on that set. I do I do love it when he tells the two stories about where he got his scars. He really kind of he really does a great job with those monologues. Oh yeah, and who knows? He probably made them up on the spot. Oh, you mean Heath? Maybe he did. Who knows? That would be a pretty good job. Good job ad libbing. I mean, I heard that n- Nolan let him direct the the sequences where he um he's holding the guy hostage. You know, like send the videos out to the mayor and whatnot. Um, I think one of them, Nolan, was with him to direct it, and then all the others, he's like, all right, you, you're out of your mind. You know exactly what you're doing. Go ahead. <laughs> I just want my phone call. Yeah. God. So Actually, the, I did hear that the scene where um, he's clapping when uh, Captain Gordon becomes commissioner was improvised. Yeah. Very, very well done there. Yes. Do you know how much money this made at the box office? Gonna, are we talking domestic or international? Uh, worldwide. Worldwide, I'm going to say this made $800 million. It made a billion dollars. Ah, it was close. Made a lot of money. It's probably probably the highest grossing movie in the top 10, on the top 250, I'd say, most likely. I don't think Return of the King is in the top 10. It might be. I don't but even did think... Did Return of the King gross more? No, nah, I don't... Maybe. Maybe it was close. Probably where, not. Where's, uh... Probably not, though. Is, is Avatar in the top 250 anywhere? No, I don't even think it's in it at all. What about Titanic? Oh. I don't think Titanic's ever been in it. I honestly... That's one of, that's one of those movies where I have to sort of confess that I've never seen it. I've never seen... never saw Avatar? No, no, Titanic. Oh. <coughs> I've seen scenes from it. But I've never seen the whole movie. No, it's you gotta watch it someday. Yeah, someday, someday. Maybe on an airplane. Nothing like a good boat movie on an yeah. airplane. An uh, airplane to Asia or something like that. You have plenty of time to watch it. Uh, do you think this is Nolan's best movie? Because <laughs> mm. it's the highest rated out of all his movies. I mean, in terms of sort of raw entertainment, yeah, probably. <coughs> in terms of like writing, I mean, does he does he write them or just direct them? So he's one of the writers. His brother's one of the writers, and then uh, David Goyer is another. Because I think in terms of writing, some of his movie like Memento was, you know, 
that that ending was I won't give it away on this podcast because this is a Dark Knight podcast. Memento is on the top two fifty. That ending was great. Yes, uh, I really liked the Prestige, except for the ending. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess not the not necessarily the final scene, but there were some bits toward the last third of the movie that I did not care for, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, I like period pieces and I enjoy magic, so that was certainly a the movie for me. Yeah, I really liked Interstellar, believe it or not. I know this is the right planet because of love. Okay, I mean, that's a little ridiculous, but I, I don't know. I just I like the space movies. They're or just cool. like, hey, I'm Matt Damon. Let's have a 30-minute pointless arc <laughs> with, oh, yeah, <laughs> with that's me. That's right, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the movie, the movie let's say, he, they could have chopped an hour off of that movie, and I would have liked it a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, well, Nolan, I, I think the studios give him final cut, so he can pretty much say, ah, or in I this want case, this maybe final edition. <laughs> yeah. God, when was the second time you watched this movie? Because uh, this is the first time I watched it ever since theaters. I don't know. Uh, <coughs> it was several years ago. It wasn't you got recently. the DVD, didn't you? Or did you get the Blu ray? No, I don't have any Blu rays. I, I, I got the DVD. Yeah. With the nice cardboard sleeve that comes with all the, the good oh DVDs. Yeah, you had gotta to get, get the, the cardboard sleeve. If it has it, you gotta get yeah, it. I used to return movies on eBay. If they said it had the cardboard sleeve uh, and it didn't uh, have the cardboard I, sleeve, I, I I'd send that right back. I once stole a cardboard sleeve because Criminal. I, I bought a movie and I was like, oh, okay, I got it. And then I go online. It's like, wait, there's a cardboard sleeve that go- comes with it? Why didn't this place have it? So I went to another store. It just slid off. I mean, it's not like I stole the DVD. What's the statute of limitations on stealing a cardboard sleeve? Uh, hopefully not 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gotham City Police about Department. Anthony Michael Hall as the uh, the host. You know that was him? He was the, the TV host on that show. I did not know that. Did you realize that was him? Nope. Was <laughs> I honestly I don't really know him. He's well. like uh, keep the cameras rolling. <laughs> that was him. I didn't know that. Yeah. The only sort of celebrity cameo, or hardly a cameo, that I n- know is in the first scene with uh, William Fichtner. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <coughs> God, I mean, you could have just got like a simple actor for that one but yeah some some guy would have probably done it for like 500 bucks and a and a sag membership <laughs> yeah and it's like no one's like nah we, we need someone who knows what he's doing we'll get william fickner maybe he did it for cheap who knows i've often wondered whether you know celebrity cameos like i feel like it goes could go either way they could either like do it for free because they just kind of want to be part of the movie with a big director or they could just get paid like an absurd amount of money for a five-minute cameo, like you know, if like Will Smith shows up one day and wants, <laughs> it's like has a thirty-second part in a movie. Does he get paid zero or does he get paid ten million dollars? <laughs> it depends on the movie's budget and if they want to pay him or not. That's a good point. I'm sure it's happened before. I mean, I like to think if I became like a George Clooney-level actor, I would just take my days off and just walk around random movie sets and just like walk through the background of a scene just as an extra <laughs> and the people in the movie would be like hey is that George Clooney? That would be something he does because he plays a lot of practical jokes apparently. 
people are going, no, that couldn't be George Clooney. Why would he be an extra <laughs> in a movie? <laughs> Well, why is he in this restaurant scene? Why is he he's sitting at the table with those other struggling actors? Um, you know, Eric Roberts, who's, was it Farconi? What's the mob guy's name? Maroney. Maroney? Is it Maroney? That's Julia Roberts' brother. Did you know that? Hmm. I did not know that. I can't see it. He's a D-list actor in an A-list movie. No, he he's 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 been working for a while. Like he, I think they took him seriously. Like maybe in the early '90s, but like since then, he does like direct a video, direct the Netflix movies. Just like hey, direct a Netflix is good now. But uh, actually, yeah, <laughs> Adam Sandler, <laughs> just like just like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, do you know Nicolas Cage did nine movies in 2018? I did, but only because you told me. You got you got to pay off that uh, that gold lion that you bought for millions of dollars somehow. <laughs> it was like uh, apparently something he bought. Is he is he divorced? I, I wonder, think so. I wonder if he's got alimony to pay. Too. Oh, I'm sure it's that. A lot, a lot of houses. I think. I think he was a reckless spender. He's he's just a wild human being in general. I'm glad we saw it in uh, Jordan's IMAX. Yeah, great, great screen. Yeah, Jordan's not just a furniture store; it's an experience. It really is. They're gonna send me my check tomorrow. Yeah. For the butt kickers. <laughs> oh, I remember the butt kickers. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, that was the <clears throat> the like rumble seat that they had installed in the theater so that it would vibrate. But uh, in their lovely Boston accent, they refer to them as butt kickers. <laughs> you can sit in the butt kickers. I don't think there were any butt kickers in the dark night, but hey, and it wasn't 3D or any of that crap. It was just a big ass screen. Yeah, 3D sucks. You heard it here first, or maybe for the thousandth time. Um, what did you think about Maggie Gyllenhaal taking over for Katie Holmes? I think Tom Cruise is really disappointed. Uh, about what? Not getting to see Katie Holmes on screen. Yeah, he probably made her not do it. Actually, I read online that she chose to do the movie Mad Money instead of The Dark Knight. Ooh. <laughs> that movie with Queen Latifah. Well, that's Do you think she regrets that? <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, she missed an opportunity to make Mad Money, despite <laughs> having made Mad Money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she could have been like, oh, I was in, you know... The highest rated movie of the decade, uh, pay me $10 million for this next role. Yeah, but in reality, she's like, I don't want to do another comic book movie, a bunch of sweaty nerds in the theater. Oh, I don't want to have to do these conventions with these virgins. <laughs> yeah, they're all just going to go home. She said that quote for quote. Really? Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and have pictures of me on their wall. <laughs> right next to Leia, for <laughs> Leia in the Speedo, <laughs> or the what in the bikini. <laughs> <laughs> and job with hot. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, no, I mean Maggie Gyllenhaal, Hall honestly the 
those characters. Ra- Rachel, I think it was. It was Rachel Dawes. Yeah, w- was never really a well-developed character. She could have been. And I think, actually, this is something, had this movie been made in 2019, I suspect she would have been a more richly developed character. Instead of just a damsel in distress, but, yeah, for the she most was, part. She was kind of, didn't what really was have a lot to do with the plot. The, yeah, was just the gadget that Lucius had? The cell phone? Yeah, the cell phones. Yeah, it, it, it could see. Mm-hmm. I mean that the radius. Mm-hmm. Did they really need that plot line? Uh, the whole point of that plot line was so Batman could see the whole skyscraper. Yeah, basically, basically, so that he could do without it. Well, I mean, I guess you'd need to explain then how he would be able to find the Joker in that skyscraper or know that he was there at all. I thought it was kind of funny that they dressed the TV host as one of the henchmen. No, they mm. put a mask on him, taped a gun to him. It's just something cool the Joker did. I, I didn't even notice that it was the same guy. Cause yeah. See, there's just so much like I said, I didn't Easter eggs I in did the movie. <laughs> yeah. I might have, had I known it was Anthony Michael Hall, or mm. had I rather known who that was. Mm-hmm. Was he in The Breakfast Club? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I never, I was never a fan of that movie. I don't think I've ever seen it start to finish. I know that a lot of people in my generation liked it. It has an age well. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's it's not politically correct. I can imagine there are some things, but yeah, I mean, Joker wasn't even surprised that Batman found him. I feel like even the Joker should have been a little surprised. That he invented brand new technology just to find him. Yeah. I feel like even a crazy person would have been like, how did you find me up here? Yeah. No, it, it was almost like he was expecting him to find him yeah. somehow. Somehow. Like he, but he didn't actually leave any breadcrumbs. Yeah. He's like, oh, you made it. Great. Uh, I thought thought it was a little abrupt with the Joker. Last we see of him, he's just hanging upside down. Then it's like, oh yeah, he's not important anymore. We have to go after Two-Face. It's you like, know, what happens to Joker? Well, I think I, I originally Christopher Nolan had planned to have him in the next film, but then Heath Ledger died. So True. And he, I guess he probably felt that bringing another actor in to do it wouldn't work, and I think he was right about that. No, no, you can't replace that. It was a once-in-a-lifetime performance. Like I, I told you, when that when the Dark Knight ended, I was like, "Hey, Batman Begins was all right, but this movie, uh, Batman Begins was good, but this this movie was just great." Yeah, I think uh, it's also probably uh, of all the movies in the top, I don't know, however many. It it is probably the one with the, that is sort of the most sort of raw entertainment, rather than more classic cinema storytelling. There's I think it's like the most a modern type movie. Like there's a lot going on with like the the city of Gotham, like with the mob and uh, the crooked cops. DA, there's there's a lot more going on to the plot than it just being like, oh no, the Joker's taking over. Like it's very layered. Like 
I th- I think they did a nice job with the writing. I mean, some of it's a little, little crazy, but you know we buy into it. It it has, it has its flaws. We've been talking about its flaws, but overall we do like the movie. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think we just about got it here. The Dark Knight, great movie. Thank you for tuning in, guys. We have. 245 more episodes of the hour. Six? I guess it's six. Well, do you include? Because we're, we're filming the fourth one right now. Mm-hmm. It would be, yeah, 246. So it's still probably. He majored in math, so. Oh, yeah, so. I, I think we can trust Arithmetic, him. indeed, is yeah. my forte. But, uh. Yeah, it's been great talking to you all, and we'll catch you in a yeah. We'll we'll do another one. We'll do Lord of the Rings. You'll hear this guy during all three. Goodbye.